0: Hi, I'm Laura Boswell.
1: And I'm Peter Keegan. And as always, we have the talented Mr B on Sand.
0: Welcome to Ask an Artist. Need help to take the leap and become a working artist, the sort that actually gets to make art and pay the bills at the same time? We're both that sort of artist. We pay our bills and we do it by making art. Every week we'll be using our personal experience to give help and advice in making art your proper job.
1: Now, when you hear the phrase time management, the vision of the humble artist is likely to be far from your mind. (laughs) Managing your artistic time can be very difficult for the creative individual to do. After all, exactly how much time should you give to making your art compared to promoting it? So today, Laura and I will be discussing all things time-related, from planning to scheduling and making and just sitting back and thinking it all through. So Laura, how are you at your time management? Are you a organised person or do you just sort of go oh, with the flow?
0: I would love to say that I'm really, really organised about it. The only thing I have on my side is my strict boarding school upbringing, <laughs> which has made it possible for me to be rational about doing difficult things as well as doing nice things. So I'm quite good at doing the nasty stuff as well as the nice stuff. But when it comes to keeping to a timetable and things like that, I'm probably a bit looser than it you There must are, be some stress. I mean,
1: you're, you're, you're a yeah, printmaker. I mean, you're very process-led in what you do. So you can't just do it at odd times of the day? Because surely um, once you start something, you have to see it through?
0: Yeah. I mean, it, that's true, I suppose. I mean, I guess that you have to, as a printmaker, you have to factor in sometimes things like drying times and mm-hmm. things like that. But in terms of having like a structure in the week where I, on Mondays, I always do my paperwork, mm. it doesn't work like that. But I tend to book days in for doing things and go with the flight. So I don't have a set timetable, but I know each month I have various things I have to do Mm. and I, I will fit those in as I go. But you, I mean, you always strike me as a planner.
1: I, I try to yeah, be, yeah, partly just so I new. know what I'm doing. Otherwise mm-hmm. I will, I do it to stop myself getting distracted, which I do very easily mm-hmm. um, and to kind of keep me on track. So I will try and do, you know, paperwork or administration on a set day, or if not the same day, you know, at w- one point that week. And I'll mm-hmm. try block out a specific time for me to mm-hmm. do and focus on a set project and try to avoid filling the diary too much, which I've been caught before I'm involved in a big project. Oh, and I'm doing a demonstration. Oh, and I have to do that talk. Yeah. Oh, oh, and I have to deliver that at the same time and suddenly all piles on top of each other. And, you know, I burn it out can, quite quickly. It's very
0: difficult though, isn't it? Because if you go, if you look at the sort of wider range of keeping a diary for teaching and stuff, what looks possible on paper in a year's time mm. when you get to it may not be quite so simple. So, I mean, it doesn't happen so much now because I tend to teach with you and nowhere else really. But when I was teaching at lots of different venues mm. through year I would often find that I would be putting things into the diary that I thought looked practical in terms of time. And then mm. I'd be forgetting things like the traveling or the, yeah. the clashes and things like that. So I'm a lot tougher these days about if I'm doing talks and demos and teaching. Mm to allow myself breathing space to organize and, and regroup and be ready to do the next thing.
1: Well before we go into some pointers about, you know, how we manage time and advice from mm. others, I think it's just interesting to talk about time itself. And I'm always flabbergasted at how time just evaporates.
0: It's either, terrifying. How either when I'm working yeah. and I think that's
1: a lovely thing when I'm at the studio on mm. my head down and I'm painting and I think, you know, I'm, I'm truly in my element is what I call it. You know, the, the house could burn down and I wouldn't notice mm. because you're just so absorbed mm. and time just melts away. And I think, you know, if you, if you ever experience that, you know, you're quite lucky. I think you've you've found your calling as it were. Oh,
0: absolutely. I mean, I can go into the studio at. I don't know, half past eight in the morning and suddenly at seven o'clock in the evening and Mm. poor Mr. B is forlornly (laughs) wanting his dinner and I'm down in the studio. And I think that is like whatever creative path, whether it's maths or science or music Mm. or art or whatever, as you say, it's it's a real indicator that you found your passion when time just vanishes like that.
1: And I think there's a a real interest, there's a fascination with time. I certainly find it Mm. with customers and people talking to me about my work is inevitably the question, how long does it take you to do that It's impossible to
0: answer. It is, isn't isn't it? it? But I think one thing about time that people are maybe more reluctant to appreciate as an artist is that it does take a long time to get good at what you do. Mm. And it's the time you spend practicing, but also things like testing materials or paper you know every time i get a new printmaking paper or i try something new and it's like i mean we've we've been sponsored by michael harding he's given me some watercolors to test Mm. and it's taken me time to run tests on those i'm not just going to plunge straight into using them so every product i use i run tests and things and people forget that time aspect yeah and that's part and parcel of being a professional
1: artist. I yeah, think. I'm always when when I when people ask me that, how long does it take to paint a portrait? I say, well, actually, the the physical colouring in painting it doesn't take that long at all, really. But the planning and the thinking and the preparation of the materials, the drying time, the varnishing, the framing, the delivery, all that, the paperwork. That's the stuff that adds yeah. the huge amount of time. That's the sort of the the bit of the iceberg you don't see beneath the water. That is essential. You need all that for the the painting to to exist and to look mm. as good as hopefully as it does. Mm. But doesn't have any doesn't have anywhere near as much kudos. Mm. And I I'm guilty. I often forget how much time I need to give a project for all the sort of the behind oh, the sure. scenes things. So I'm always amazed that time. Just how it can your you, my life can just get completely filled. And I I thought I'm not that busy, but the diary is absolutely packed with all this stuff I need to do to keep going.
0: Oh yeah, absolutely. And hopefully that the, the sort of part of the job of this podcast is to reveal the mm. nine tenths of the iceberg that yes. is all the admin and the business and the marketing and and that eats into creative time. It does, yeah. Do you yeah, have that, part and Do you have that
1: moral sort of compass of how much time you give creative output and managing the business? Is is, is that a set Um, thing? Do you feel guilty when you're doing emails when you should be printing or vice versa?
0: I think it's tricky. I think when I first started being a full-time artist, one of the things I struggled with was although I appreciated it was how I made my money and how I ran a business... I still had this nagging, oh yeah, but you're just making art. You should be doing something useful. There is that kind of oh, it's it's so good to do, it can't mm. possibly be a job. But as I say, I am quite good at doing stuff that needs doing rather than stuff I want to do always.
1: Oh, you're very good, I'm well, I'm not but, as good yeah, as that. But do.
0: I have to say, if I'm if I'm working on a project down in the studio and I'm deeply embedded in it, no, there's no chance of of anything distracting me mm. from that, and I know that there are times when I should be doing other things, and I don't.
1: I always sort of have one eye on the other job. So when I'm mm. doing administration or whatever, not basically not painting, I'm always thinking, oh, I should, I should really be doing that. Oh, that's that commission, I should be doing that. And then likewise, when I'm in the middle of painting, sometimes, oh, I, I, I know I need to reply to mm. that email, or I know I need to send that that to receipt off to somebody. So I'm I'm always sort of pulled both ways, no matter what task I'm on. It's never perfect, No, no, I was trying to sort of, you know, shut off that inner voice just so I can focus on the task at hand. So let's go through some of these different tasks then of of, of what we do to sort of manage our time. So the first thing I want to talk about is prioritising tasks. Mm -hmm. Now, this is something I I personally need to do. I'm quite flighty sometimes in my creative output. I get distracted quite quickly and quite easily about painting or doing something, Mm -hmm. whereas I should really focus on the main commission or the main project or exhibition at hand. So I think it's it's easy to say it's harder to do. um, And it's also fitting my artistic goal, this artistic project, does it realistically fit into the time frame I have available? Because I I do sometimes feel I've bitten off more than I can chew in the available time frame. Well,
0: it's interesting because you and I work in quite different ways. So in, you know, some of your work's quite structured, maybe not at the moment, but when you're doing your commission work, Mm. for example, you'll have a timetable that the client is expecting you to fulfil. For me, because I don't tend to work to commission, I have to create that timetable and Mm. that imaginary client and that project and things like that so on the one hand for me there's not the pressure that you're under but also there's not the kind of guidelines that you're under it's Mm. quite interesting so different you know maybe if if you are a jeweler or something you have a show coming up where you have to make specific work and stuff like that so i think there's different ways of managing it and Mm. and different pressures to create
1: do you work in sort of um, do, you, do you bundle your jobs together or do you just. Yeah, of I'll have a day, day where
0: I know that I'm going to sit down, I'm going to clear my inbox, mm. I'm going to do, I maybe do some writing for. Magazine or whatever mm. I have to do or the show notes for this show or something like that. And I know it is going to be a day at my desk where I yes. clear everything no, I'm, up. I'm
1: the same. I Because mm. I think you get in the flow then and the rhythm yeah. if you're kind of... I find it down. much
0: easier to give a whole day yeah. than I do to think, oh, I'll do a couple of hours of this and a couple of hours of that. Mm. So I tend to tend to do that.
1: And do you feel guilty about doing that? for the, Sacrificing you no, doing I the No, I
0: feel amazingly pleased with myself. <laughs> <laughs> No, I always feel very, very, um, I don't know if smug's the word, but but like I'm doing something very noble and mm. sitting down and doing paperwork. So no, I, I do tend to feel well when okay. I'm doing that. I feel like I'm a good girl when I'm doing that.
1: <laughs> You're earning your brownie points. Today. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Absolutely.
1: All right, well, let's talk about working in... In a series, now we've done a whole, you know, a podcast episode on this. On working, oh, the
0: concept uh, of a body of work, or right, setting yeah. yourself a brief, that kind of thing. And
1: basically, this is the opposite to flitting around and sort of doing lots of sporadic, different things that don't relate and don't have a, 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 a unanimous theme. Oh, yeah. And
0: bond. So, you know, in my case, that could be actually about place. So, I might do a series of work like I did a series on the North Yorkshire Moors mm-hmm. with with um, a gallery in mind. But also it can be a group of work around a technique or something like that. And you're absolutely right. That's really good for time management because you can plan maybe three or four works and develop them. And for a printmaker like me, if I'm working in liner, there is a drying time. And so if I'm working on three or four things at once, or even two or three things at once, Mm -hmm. it means that while one set's drying, I can be working on another set. So do you
1: work in multiple, can you do multiple things at the same time, multiple pieces on the go? Yeah, I do sometimes,
0: yeah. I did a, um, for the show I've got up in Edinburgh at the moment, I did a series of, uh, there are four images of Scotland. Mm -hmm. And they're both, they're all linocuts. And I very much developed those as a set mm-hmm. and worked on them all at the same time, mm. so um that was a really good bit of time management yeah.
1: see mine, mine's a bit different because because mm. I work on bespoke pieces mm. once when I get a bespoke project I try as mm. hard as possible to prioritize everything works around working around that big course, task yeah. that big you know, bespoke mm. piece but however I will have subsidiary sort of little projects kind of running alongside mm. it whether it's a little exhibition or a body of work or just the usual pieces I put for commercial sale mm. um, and when I do those I do try and work those in in a group or a body of work mm. um, to keep is to keep the rhythm for me. It's the, the rhythm the momentum. and momentum. I've kind of, if I'm going to paint a still life painting, I don't want to just do it one off. I'd gonna, rather yeah, spend a long you, time.
0: I was going to ask you about your still lives because now at the moment, I know that you're working on this little exhibition that you're putting together of still life mm. paintings. And has, uh, did you set a timetable for that? Or I
1: just had an available period of time of about, you know, say two, three weeks where I thought if I'm going to do it that is the time to strike, to have that sort of blank time in the diary. So did
0: you get your head down and I paint-
1: did, I just knuckled down and, and mm. painted and painted furiously mm. and you know the, the the success rate got better because I was getting better and swifter <laughs> and learning yeah. so much more as opposed to sort of doing mm. it sporadically or just you know one hour a week. Obviously I've got the luxury to do that because I do this full time mm. but by working as a group and constantly thinking focused about it, you I've kind of felt I'm almost exhausted the idea of it as well so I felt like I really got into it enjoyed it learned a lot and kind of came out the other end and now I've got a good body of work that I'm proud uh, to show and exhibit so that's
0: that's really interesting what you were saying about you know how you you, you kind of improve and improve and oh, yeah. I find that when I'm drawing so when I'm developing a new project and I've got to do my drawings from it because I I go out and collect sketches and then mm. I develop them into a design drawing in the studio I find that it usually takes me at least an hour before I really start getting into the swing of drawing. And it's usually at the end of the day when I'm I've, i I've really comfortable and things are getting very fluent that the drawing really develops. Mm. And I think that kind of time management, allowing yourself time to get into the flow of yes. what you're doing yes, is yeah. important. You can't expect as an artist... To absolutely hit the ground running. Mm. I mean, the more you do it, and the more professional you become, and the more experience you become, the easier it is to get going mm. and to, to produce good work. But do allow a little bit of time to kind of warm yeah. up.
1: I remember works don't have to always match in a series. You know, you can have oh, no. two or three different no, no. series, and yeah. you can have multiple of pieces on the go all at the same time. But the whole point of doing that, that utilises your time.
0: It's in your head, isn't it? The client doesn't need to know. Nobody needs to know unless you want to make a thing about, oh, I'm working on this series. So you you can set your own um, agenda. So I think now would be a good time to get some colour into
1: this podcast. So, Laura, I hear you've been printing 24-7 this week.
0: I have indeed. I've been giving Michael Harding's new watercolour a real baptism of fire because I've been using them to print a huge edition of small prints this week. Very different from what I usually do. I've over 100 prints to make. And even though they're small, they still need to be printed with the highest quality professional materials. And of course, that's where Michael Harding's new watercolour paint comes in. So I've been mixing up his colours in large volume for the first time and I'm really, really pleased and relieved that the paints are so pigment dense that I found that I'm able to mix large quantities of colour using a surprisingly small amount of paint from the tube, you know, which is really good Fantastic. news. Fantastic. And so... The other thing about it is that there's absolutely no compromise on the brilliance and strength of the colour in the finished project either. So it's good for me and good for the clients. Proper
1: bang for your buck there. Absolutely. If you'd like to sign up for notifications about the up-and-coming watercolor range and find out more about the fantastic colours offered by Michael Harding Paints and why artists all over the world consider his colours the best, simply visit michaelharding.co.uk.
0: And now we've had our colour fix. Let's go back to looking at time management. So, Peter, let's talk about the diary, because I know that you're pretty good at diary. I would be
1: utterly lost (laughs) if I didn't have my life written down on my tablet with, uh, I mean, I sometimes look back, you know, over the years in my diary and it's so colourful with all these dots and highlights of all the things that I'm doing. This oh, is a, I love this, a
0: different colour pen. <laughs> oh, I've got a This is a
1: digital diary so of course I can change it very quickly and it's yeah. synced up to Kimberly's diary and then oh, I, yeah. I, I can notify yep. it. So I, I need that. I think I'm, unsurprisingly be a very visual person i need to see i want to see the week ahead and the month ahead that helps me spread my workload otherwise i will bite off more than i can chew
0: actually on that note of kimberly seeing it you know in our we've we've got an episode about how you work as a couple sometimes mm. as an artist and certainly i would always say if you can share your diary electronically with other members of the family it's a really good idea even if they aren't part of your business, because as an artist, there are Often things coming up that require you to go off at short notice and stuff yeah. like that. So just good business practice. To I think it also it shows people that you are clean. taking
1: this seriously. Oh yeah, even if it is You know, a hobby that you would like it to become, you know, a, a professional. Yeah, it's, it, it, it,
0: it's important that everybody understands that this is work. It's not absolutely
1: just yes. Fun that divide, time. you're, you're yeah. dedicating that time. Do not bother me. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this absolutely. is my work time, and it's very very precious. So the way I use my diary, I will, as I said, it I will block things in if I know yeah. I've got this painting I need to do mm-hmm. I will block in these two three five days or two weeks or whatever saying this is when I'm doing this and I might add one day here or there to say right this is my administration day or whatever I am mm-hmm. quite structured in that and I do that to keep me focused because yeah. I know I will get distracted and I will you know I need to know what I'm doing I like to wake up the next in the morning and I know what I'm doing today I don't like waking up going what, what am I doing I- I'm not quite sure and, and sort of that unsure feeling yeah
0: I think you're a bit better at it than I am from that point of view. I could sometimes use a bit more planning. I tend to be a bit go with the flow. Mm. And I think that you know, having a a sort of setup where you you can block out time is a really good thing. I mean, I'm writing a book at the moment, and I know that I'm going to be much more successful with it when I block out like week ten days at a time yeah. and just focus on that. But mm-hmm. that you have to be really tough to do that, don't you? To,
1: to actually that, say, you've got to be disciplined. It yeah. is it, it is a discipline. And I want to say, you know, to to be a working artist, you don't need to plan your diary in the way that we're saying, whether you do more organically or whether it's more structured, it's...
0: Once it gets done. And you need to work to your (laughs) own
1: strengths. I do this because it's my own personality trait. I need to see, I need that discipline for me, that laid out. And I will stick to it. Whereas if it's not written in, I will find a million other jobs that that I that could easily mm. distract myself and I could play or I could get into the garden and, and uh, waste my time. Whereas if yeah. in the diary, you're doing this today and this is the only time you'll do it, I go, right, well, I'll, I'll knuckle down and do it. So just work to your own strengths. If you don't want that sort of, you know, some people find that horrendous, having yeah. so much structure in their lives. That's fine. You don't have to have it. But as long as you know, you're giving yourself enough time to deliver the projects and the creative work and obviously the, the uh, background yeah. work, yeah. that's mean, the it's... most important thing.
0: That's really important. And I mean, it's entirely personal choice. Like, some people like to schedule their social media posts yes. and get it all organized up front.
1: I've done some of that. I've, I've sort of had mixed, I have spent a while where I have scheduled everything. I mm. think I do that particularly when I know I'm going through a very busy period. Or I know this, you know, next two, three yeah, weeks are going to be very feeding busy. feeding the
0: beast without having to stop. Absolutely. And, you you know,
1: know, I can sort of just spend an hour one evening or one afternoon on scheduling and there's some wonderful scheduling apps where you can say you know I want Facebook or Instagram to say this that and the other with these preset pictures off you go so you feel like you're always you know having a presence in the virtual world but then you can actually your mind is sort of focused on another Mm. task sometimes I think that works sometimes I think what that does is take away the authenticity of you in the moment because I think social media does like It can tell, I think, when you're being sincere and when it's actually you in that moment posting. And of course, social media wants you to socially interact. And of course, if you're not on it interacting with others, then your post don't get seen. So it's a bit of a you know chicken and egg problem. It is.
0: It is a tricky one. I mean, for me, it's a very organic thing. I post as I go. And I try always to get back to people, so I tend to manage that when I've got a few minutes and stuff like that. I mean, I would say the one thing that is my saving grace is that I read really, really quickly, so oh, that okay. that really helps speed things up. But it is, you know, it's another work mm. chore like any other. I will um,
1: schedule um, emails as well mm. if I'm sort of uh, of one. If it's particularly if I happen to be doing, and I don't do this too much. But if I have a spare evening. And I will go through work emails. I won't necessarily send them because I personally don't think that's the right message to be sending that you are working, you know, late into the evening. Mm. But I will reply You'll to line them. them all up. And then, yeah, schedule them to sort of go out the next morning. So I feel mm. like I've, you know, cleared that backlog. So when I wake up the next day, oh. it's all done and I can, you know, get into Fantastic. whatever it is in the diary.
0: Well, that's a good idea. So do you set yourself specific deadlines? Because I mean, I've, I've worked, I know you worked a commission where, you know, you have a deadline with a client and I've done jobs where there have been deadlines. And obviously I write a column every month and there is a deadline when I have to mm-hmm. have it in. So do you, do you set them for yourself as well? Oh
1: yes. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> I, I absolutely need to. Otherwise I'll just, I'll find a million and one other things that I can play with. And, and, and so mm-hmm. I just need to, do, I just need to do that painting of that light over there. And I just, want to paint this person whereas I know I should actually be focusing on the task and I know right now there's a painting in my studio and I know I need to finish it and I need to crack on uh, but there's another thing I might want to paint. I might paint another bowl of fruit, and it's it's really naughty of me. So I I need to set myself these mm. deadlines. But I work so much better once once I have set them. Quite often they are self imposed. I will make them up. These are imaginary deadlines I'm setting myself, or I ask Kimberly or somebody else to set them for me. Mm. This is obviously more my own you know gallery mm. work as but opposed to. But that works
0: though, doesn't it? Because they've completely. proven haven't they that if you the brain isn't that good at distinguishing between things like that. So if you say it has to be done, that's that's. Always- yeah, but if it's like, if yeah. it's an
1: external source, you kind of think oh, you, yeah. you'll you'll treat it a lot more professionally. So personally, I will try and set myself uh, deadlines or certainly a guideline. You know, it doesn't have to be that specific day; it has to be done by by the end of the mm. month or within this week at some point. Um, of course, when I work with clients with bespoke pieces, mm. quite often it's um, if it's a commission, it might be for a birthday or an anniversary or a very specific date. You know, before Christmas. Sure. So they are set and they are absolutely set in stone. You cannot wiggle from those; otherwise, no, no. you know, it it falls apart so are you are you a line. similar control yeah, freak like I mean, me <laughs> as, as i say
0: i mean when i when i was at boarding school uh, you know you you couldn't hand stuff in like there was no wiggle room whatsoever. And the idea that you would hand in a less uh, an essay or something late was was just unthinkable. And so I guess all my life, I've really been absolutely rigid about deadlines. And I can remember when I started at art school at university, I did a joint honours in art history. So there was quite a lot of writing and stuff. And the tutors were always taken aback because I would hand in essays early, because that's how I did it (laughs) in school. And I thought everybody gave work (laughs)
1: early. My my university writing experience was very different. I definitely (laughs) did not. uh, In time, I always gave it in time, but it was always, yeah, right to the last moment. No, no, no,
0: no. It was, it was, no, I, you know, I'm a real sort of deadline freak, I think. And it's... In some ways, it's a real blessing because I know that it I will do It will get done. And I will get done. But I do get very driven and very worried about it sometimes. And I know, um, yeah, Mr. B is giving me one of those, oh God, yes, looks.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but you'll get a reputation of, you know, if someone asks you to do something, yeah. I'm thinking, you know, from an editor's point of view, for yeah. example, yeah. they know you're going to deliver because yeah. you always do and you always yeah. do earlier, you know. Yeah. No one wants someone that's always late and always making the excuse and fumbling, and, and you know it, it just makes you not want to work with that person as much. So yeah, you're only I mean, doing it has yourself a favour.
0: But it's also it, you know it can be annoying for the family and stuff like that. So you
1: know. Well, lastly, then let's talk about an important thing, which you know I learned quite early on, which is learning to say no. no. Oh,
0: that is a tricky one.
1: You've got to be a bit harsh, haven't you? Cruel to be kind.
0: Well, we do. I mean, I know there's a sort of lot of spoken about like women are brought up not to say no and to sort of be acquiescent and stuff. And, you know, I don't know how much of that is true, but I certainly find it quite difficult because I was talking to a male artist friend the other day and he is absolutely lovely guy. He's very gentle. He would do anything for anybody. And I was saying, well, I'm being emailed by this very persistent person who wants me to spend a lot of time basically giving them advice for nothing and i i'm finding it really difficult and he turned around to me and said well just ignore them and he had no problem about that and i i would just feel mm. terrible mm. whereas in actual fact what i needed to do was to send them a mail very politely saying you know i'm very sorry but I simply can't do this mm. for you. Mm. And then not tear myself to pieces afterwards yes. thinking, I've let them down, I've let them yeah, down.
1: Yeah, riddle with guilt. Yeah,
0: exactly. So I think that's something I've really struggled with. I'm, I'm kind of over that now, but yeah. certainly when I was starting out, I found it almost impossible to say well, no. It,
1: to it kind of goes with that advice that we, we have given ourselves is, you know, say yes to an opportunity. You know, if you're mm. if you're starting out, you want mm. to be as involved with as many possibilities as you because you don't know where they will go. It could lead to something it might be a complete waste of time Mm. so I think that if you are presented something just think very carefully it's important to Any opportunity that comes your way, will it really help you in your art or will it just take up more of your precious time?
0: I think what I found quite helpful when I was struggling with this was I would look at it as though they were asking it of a friend of mine. So I was the third party looking on on this deal. And stepping away from actually being the one asked to being the one observing Mm. was really helpful because I could look at it and think, well, there's no money in this, but it will gain me this, that and the other. Mm. And occasionally something would come up and as soon as I stepped away, I was looking at it and thinking, there's absolutely nothing in this for you. Mm-hmm. There's no benefit for you and everything's with them. So what's going on here? You and know. do
1: you tell them to sod off? Like, that's what you want to say, <laughs> isn't it? That's what I want to say.
0: Well, was I t- actually, I tell you what happens a lot with me is that people will email me and get in touch because they've got a product, a printmaking product that isn't working the way they expected. Right. So an ink or a board or something that's not working, and they'll email me, and of course I will. You know, my immediate response is, "Well, ask the manufacturer, not me. Mm. Why would you ask me?" But what I do is, I have, and I think we've talked about it, and I think we both do it, is we have like a sort of set of reasonably stock answers to that. Yep. And I would never just leave somebody hanging, mm. but I will. Or, you know, if I have, they're in spam because I do always try and respond mm. to, to emails. But I will get back to them and say, look, I'm sorry, mm. you need to ask the manufacturer about yeah. this. Because otherwise, you can you can twist yourself about trying yeah. to please people. And there are, frankly, people out there that the more you give, the more they'll take.
1: From what I've experienced as well, is you get very good, very well-meaning opportunities, which usually you would say Yes. And I've been caught out where I've said yes to something mm. and then I've had to have it pointed out to me. But but you're in the middle of something else at the minute. Oh, right. And actually okay. by you so... taking this on, you're compromising the other thing you've actually already yeah. committed to doing. So that's what I have to sort of stop myself from doing. That actually say, do you know what? In other circumstances, I would say yes, but mm. actually right now... I have to say no because I've committed to other things and other no. projects. But maybe further down the line, it could work out. So that's what I need to keep my, keep on top of. I
0: think so. I mean, I've I've always made it a rule with teaching that absolutely, if I'm booked to teach, I'm booked to teach, and it doesn't matter what happens on that day. Mm. I will be at the teaching venue. Um, and that's tricky when you're an artist. Sometimes is that you 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 book things a long time ahead yeah, yeah, and then other things come up. I and mean, the only times I've ever broken that is been when a residency, I've been awarded a residency mm. and it's like, do I teach these two days or do I go to Japan for two months? Mm. And I'm afraid that, you know, Japan wins hands yeah. down. I think most people are
1: understanding that. But I think people are understanding, of that. understanding yeah. of that, but
0: otherwise, no, I think you have to, you have to learn to say no if it's going to compromise things.
1: Well, we've run out of time for today. So Laura, what is our takeaway for <laughs> this uh, very effective management episode?
0: So managing your precious artistic time is never an easy task and it really comes naturally. So be prepared to have to work on it. So with some clever little diary entries, prioritising your essential tasks and coming up with inventive deadlines, you might just gain the discipline you need to keep you creating.
1: Well, thank you, Laura. And thank you, everyone, for listening. Remember, you can catch up with all of the information we've chatted about today and all our previous episodes in our show notes on our website, askanartistpodcast.com. And remember, subscribing to the show and, if you're feeling generous, leaving us a five-star review is of huge help and keeps us helping you.